0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Lafera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This eighth episode is for the week of June 18th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment, for if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to have another new friend from UAC join me, who is an astro newbie, a holistic health blogger, and a social media guru, and an all-around traveler. Uh, And her name is Aditi Giasota. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about becoming holistic get it, holistic, (laughs) acknowledging all aspects of health. So I'm so happy to have Aditi come and join me um, and talk about her journey, her health journey, um, and uh, being a holistic blogger and what that's meant for her along the way. So I think it's going to be a fascinating, uh, slight diversion from astrology, but um, relevant nonetheless. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in her waxing cycle as the energy is really beginning to flow after last week's new moon in Gemini. On Monday, the moon is in the practical and health-conscious earth sign of Virgo, where she'll remain for our first quarter moon phase, which will be on late Tuesday and early in the morning on Wednesday. Well, depending on where you are in the world, but we'll probably be feeling it on Tuesday. <sighs> Um, And then on hump day, she's going to move into the balancing air energy of Libra, where she'll be seeking that greater harmony and possibly some relations with others. Then on Friday, she's going to move into the intense passion of Scorpio, where she'll remain for most of the weekend until dipping into expansive Sagittarius late on Sunday night. So, just a quick heads up, all times are approximations for North America. So, if you live in Europe, at about eight hours, and if you are in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours, basically the following day. And keep in mind that, you know, timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, also known as the connections that planets make to each other, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So, it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact and so this week has a lot of Astro transits to work through definitely an active week with a first quarter moon in Virgo we got a grand trine in water uh, featuring Mercury Jupiter and Neptune um, we got Venus meeting Mars in opposition as Mars begins to slow down to retrograde uh, next week we have some Uranus and Pluto contacts causing us to shift in our seats a bit um, so it's sure to be an action-packed week with some ups and some downs um, to potentially get through uh, so you can expect expect that the energy will be uh, a bit high. So let's dive in. We start out the week on Monday with the moon in Virgo, uh, and she will try Uranus and Saturn and then make a sextile to Mercury. Um, and the transits we have of note going on that day is actually Neptune, uh, the planet that is associated with, um, you know, more subtlety, <laughs> um, spiritual matters, uh, internal sensing, Um some, you know, disillusion or removal of boundaries, Uh, all those things, all those fun things that we can't quite put our finger on, uh, is going to go retrograde. Um, And it's, you know, Neptune goes retrograde once a year, and it's about half the year it is going direct, half the year it is going backwards, you know, apparent backward motion, not literal backward motion. Um, But it is that time. So Neptune is going to be stationing early on on Monday. And so we are going to have Neptune retrograde until actually later this year, November 24th, um, is when uh, Neptune will go direct. And so whenever we have a retrograde, we basically, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a review. It's a going back in of that type of energy. And so there's more of an internal quality um, to these retrogrades that allow for processing. Um, And with these outer planets, it seems to me that it's more beneficial because uh, while it's retrograde, it's a little less active in the outer world. Um, So perhaps if we have, you know, dealt with any type of... um, especially if you're having a a Neptune transit right now if you are if your particular chart um, is having a, a Neptune transit uh, especially to some of your personal planets um, which it happens <laughs> definitely um I think that this could be a time where you're going back in and kind of um, incorporating the way life has been shifting or some of the random events that have happened or some of the more chaotic things that have happened. Um, Because Neptune is a hard quality to put your finger on um, because it has a nebulousness to it. Um, So, you know, the idea of being if we've had to dissolve things in the last, uh, you know, six months or so, or we've had some confusion, um, or we've had some spiritual matters on the plate, now we can go back in and kind of work through the what has happened um, in these Neptunian principles uh, from, from the inside out, um, which to me seems like a relief. And, you know, if I'm going to look on the high side, you can look at this time of uh, gaining, you know... Um, greater purification or cleansing of the self, especially on a soul level, uh, a sort of inner transcendence in a way. Um, And that sounds like something very big, but once again, Neptune is very subtle. So these aren't anything where one day you're like, oh, I got it, or you know, I've moved through, or whatever. It's just going to be a slow process um, that is likely to be activated through dreams, you know. Especially since it's going in, internal, um, get that dream journal out if you <laughs> if you haven't been uh, diligent, because chances are the dream life might uh, spark up a little bit, especially if you're having Neptune transits yourself. Um, so let's think of it as inner spiritual progress, you know, progress. Um, you know, other, uh, another way to look at it is inner evolution of sorts. <laughs> and once again, that retrograde is until November 24th. So you have lots of time and it actually lines up with a lot of the retrogrades that we have happening with the personal planets all throughout the year. So November is really looking like, um, like a very active kind of go time forward energy movement, uh, um, later on this year, if you want to kind of pinpoint a time that we become, uh, when things are going to start to really move forward. Um, so the bottom line for Monday is that, you know, we have an earth trine going on with the moon in Virgo contacting Uranus and Saturn. And so the earth trine has us focused on practical and worldly matters. So focus on your work and your projects, uh, and then watch them flow. Cause this is a good day to plan or figure something out. Even with Neptune going retrograde, that's kind of like a second thing, uh, going on. Um, Yes. So two totally different concepts, but happening on the same day. So we'll see how that works out. Now on Tuesday, we have the moon, Stellan Virgo, and she will sextile Jupiter, oppose Neptune, and trine Pluto. Um, And so we have some other things happening that day as well. Uh, We have Mercury, who's going to be in a trine to Jupiter, who's currently retrograde uh, himself in Scorpio. Um, And this is the beginning of basically our grand water trine throughout the week. We have Mercury who is trine Jupiter, and then tomorrow we'll be trine Neptune, who we just spoke about going retrograde. Um, And so we're activating this grand trine of water. Um, So let's talk about and and we have the first quarter moon in Virgo that is approaching. It's going to be super early on Wednesday morning um, if you are on the Pacific Coast, uh, but if you're anywhere else in the world, you know this is going to probably we're probably going to be feeling it on Tuesday. So just FYI. So let's break this down a bit. Um, first of all, let's talk about that Mercury trine Jupiter uh, retrograde. So Mercury is now in Cancer trining Jupiter and Scorpio, so we got two water signs, Cardinal Water meeting Fixed Water, um, and so Mercury once again is like a you know how we collect information, how we process it, how we distribute it, emails, phone calls, uh, transactions, um, uh, communications with others, all those types of things. And so when we have a trine, there is a, a there's a flowing aspect. It's a it's Aligned with Jupiter trines. Um, It has kind of rapid development to it, a removal of all obstacles and kind of has a sudden, you know, like as we're sliding down the water slide in a way. (laughs) Um, And then Jupiter is about expanding your world in some way, growth, movement. And so I think with these two coming together in this flowing aspect, um, we may be initiating a greater plan uh, that is dictated from emotional desires and spiritual matters. As I think this is going to be a very spiritual and emotional type of week, or at least being able to process that more on a mercurial level. Um, And because it's happening in, you know, Mercury is in cancer, there's likely to be a lot of... um, uh, thinking and planning and and feeling out how we can also preserve ourselves in some way because cancer is very um, connected with self-preservation. And so we may intuitively download a big picture moment um, or we can feel our way into the future, yet do so in a practical way that Mercury is able to kind of pick up, especially since Mercury, uh, since we have the moon in Virgo, we're about to have that first quarter moon, um, and Mercury is making... Uh, what is called mutual reception to the moon in Virgo because the moon in Virgo, Virgo rules, Mercury and the moon, Mercury being in cancer, uh, the moon rules cancer. So those two are talking right now. Um, so there's an emotional kind of discernment going on. If we were to kind of take that Virgo energy um, and the inclinations that are coming in, in, uh, in, are likely to be more uh, sensory and, um, you know, because we're talking about water. And so that Virgo moon, because it's so good at discriminating and analyzing, uh, I have a feeling that the messages that come in, especially that m- emotional material, we're going to be able to sort through it well to our own benefit. Um, and because this is happening, water signs. Um, excluding the moon, of course, uh, merging and communicating with others may be of benefit because water likes to merge. So this is certainly a good day to plan if you can kind of tap into that Virgo moon, do some spiritual planning in a way. Um, And because we have Mercury trining Neptune uh, the next day, which I'll talk about here shortly, uh, creating that water trine, it, chances are, it might activate some more some energy that happened a couple of weeks ago when we had Venus in that same position when she was in Cancer and activated a water trine during that um, full moon in Sagittarius back on the 29th of May. Uh, so there could be some, um, the mind could kind of pick up some of what had happened during that time, or we come to new conclusions around it, um, or we're integrating kind of the, the, that flowing water or those spiritual matters that we were coming into contact with. Um, so once again, I feel very spirit-driven this week. And of course, here's that first quarter moon in Virgo that is on, you know, on the apex here. Um, And when we have a first quarter moon, we're being called into action in some way um, where we're either we're challenged or we got to get something done, or we're just at a turning point to where we have to, you know, move forward. And a lot of times there's a friction that happens in order to kind of, you know, kickstart, get you, get you there. Um, And so this is actually a really unique first quarter position because it's kind of got a weird blue moon quality to it. Cause last month we had our first quarter in Virgo as well. And that was at one degree Virgo. And this month we have it at 29 degree Virgo. Um, so two different incidences of uh, kind of pushing forward into action with a uh, emotional energy that's attached to Virgo. And Virgo is a very health conscious energy, a discerning energy, some um, energy that can, uh, is very practical because it's earth. It's thinking about uh, more mundane matters. It's thinking about, that's where that health comes in. And I mean, I personally, last, uh, last first quarter in Virgo, I had some health uh, issues on the rise uh, that I had to work out, uh, work through. And that was just me. That won't be everyone, but this a good example of what can kind of start to manifest at these times. These Virgo qualities, um, which is so great that I'm gonna have a DD on here later to kind of give us some uh, tips on how to work through some, you know, health stuff, some health consciousness. Um, but once again, you know, because Mercury and the Moon are currently in mutual reception that I was just talking about uh, here earlier, I think this first quarter position is gonna push us into action based on you know what we're sensing and where we're flowing towards emotionally at this time. Since the mind is kind of on that, the, that feeling page, um, and because this is our second first quarter in Virgo, that is, you know, it's certainly a time to put healthy practices into place. You know, start new routines, or finally, you're like, okay, I'm at the breaking point. I got to do this now. I have to put this in the place. Um, and you know, particularly if you learned a lot about your body and your routine the month prior, like I did, <laughs> uh, you can kind of you know take those steps now to to, to get, um, what you've learned in place. Uh, so just heads up with that, but the bottom line for Tuesday, and there's a lot of things going on. Yes. Um, but I feel like we're, you know, we're likely going to be feeling that first quarter on approach and there is action and movement all around. Although it might be hard to get going earlier in the day with that Neptune um, opposition that goes on. Uh, but the grand tine in water is giving us the ability to express and merge with others while also stimulating the imagination in our spiritual perceptions. So I think Tuesday is going to, even though it'll have a little friction to it emotionally, I think it's going to be a good day. Now, Wednesday uh, is our official first quarter in Virgo. Super early, though, and it depends on where you are. But then the moon's going to be moving into Libra, our balancing air sign, cardinal air. Uh, And the moon's going to square the sun and Saturn well sextile venus and then trine mars and so like i was just saying earlier we have mercury in a trine to neptune who who's just now you know retrograde and in fact is probably still kind of because it's so slow it's probably still stationing so it's actually rather powerful right now um so once again that you know information collecting the processing distributing uh, and that flowing you know trine energy uh is going to mix with that neptunian um you know, subtlety, we were just talking about, that spiritual subtlety, imagination, um, some confusion can come up, uh, even when it's in a trine, you know, it's, it's things are necessarily flowing, it doesn't make it easy or beneficial per se. Um, so, and because Neptune also is about disillusion or loss um, that happens in our lives, uh, chances are, we might be able to get in touch with some of those things right now. Um, So yes, once again the influence may be strong in Neptunian. So imagination, you know, is probably going to be kicked up about midweek and there's likely to be a bit of idealism in the air because Neptune also uh, deals with ideals and looking at things, how we want to look at them rather than reality. Uh, you know, Neptune and Saturn are very different things. Saturn looks at, you know, especially that Virgo energy that we just moved out of with the moon, that practical, and now we're on to Libra, Airy, you know, kind of more thought-based intellectual um, in the intellectualizing the emotions in some way, so we've lost a little bit of that practicality, but we do have the Sun squaring Saturn, excuse me, not the Sun, we have the Moon squaring Saturn and the Sun earlier on in the day. So, hopefully, that will give us that practical quality, anyways. Back to Mercury and Neptune um, and that idealism. So, yes, this is a time, you know, to uh, especially with Jupiter forming a grand trine. Once again, I really think our souls are speaking right now, and, and growth is speaking, and we're just flowing to where we, it is we, we need to be, or you know putting us into these subtle situations that um, gently lead us um, the way that we are you know, spiritually growing, like following the breadcrumbs in some way, like the spiritual breadcrumbs. Um, so likely you're going to be finding yourself daydreaming today, because that's the thing too, especially when um, Mercury's contacting Neptune. <laughs> I have Mercury trying Neptune in my chart, and boy, do I love to daydream. But my imagination is great. It's That's how we imagine our lives. So if you find yourself kind of looking towards the future and what you dream of, of for yourself, um, You know, pay attention to whatever images are conjured up at this time because that could certainly be, you know, the soul's way of communicating to you. Um, Because inspiration is calling. So being receptive is essentially uh, key to these aspects. Um, And also because we have that trine, we uh, can really let go of something emotionally and let it fall away, you know, what has no longer served us. Um, Because I feel like that could be easier to do now, at least to reconcile in our minds. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Um, So if it requires moments of vulnerability, which, you know, water signs can find themselves in those areas from time to time, or vulnerability in conversations, because once again, we have Mercury who likes to communicate. Go ahead and do it as the process will most likely be less painful than you think. Um, So I know there's a lot of scenarios there, but pick and choose what works for you um, and know that there's going to be a spiritual element to it. So the bottom line for Wednesday is, um, you know, feelings are seeking balance now that we have the moon in Libra and we are pushed into action based on our duties and responsibilities. And that is that sun square to, uh, excuse me, keep saying sun, the moon square to um, the sun and Saturn. And so, imagination is on our side, helping us get through the day in a creative way. So take, you know, take the evening to have a little fun with your friends or to connect with your partner. Since we have that lovely Libra moon, um, and we're gonna have uh, the moon sextile Venus and trine Mars. So, um, and then tomorrow we have Venus opposite Mars, which I'm about to talk about. So Wednesday night, you know. As they say bow chicka bow bow. <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> just saying. All right, on to Thursday. So, on Thursday, we're gonna have the moon in Libra, Stell, and she will square Mercury and uh, square Pluto. And so this is the day of our summer solstice or our winter solstice if you're in the, summer, uh, the southern hemisphere. But because I'm in the northern hemisphere and I have a feeling that the majority of my listeners are as well, we're going to talk about the summer solstice. Um, and that is when the sun moves into cancer, zero degrees cancer. And that is officially when summer arrives. Uh, and that is because it is known as it's the longest day of the year where we have the most light uh, during the day, just like our winter solstice, um, you know, right before Christmas in December, that is the, the least amount of light in the day where it gets the darkest. So enjoy the light that is, um, you know, out right now, because, uh, uh I mean, I was born in the summer. I love the summertime, but yes. So enjoy the daylight. Um, and so, Yes, so light is very important in astrology because that's basically what the whole system is set up on—the uh, solstices and the equinoxes. Um, and so the solstices are zero degrees Cancer and zero degrees Capricorn, and then those equinoxes, otherwise known as equal day and equal night. You know, see, we have the inequality of the day now, um, and so those equinoxes at zero degrees. A, uh, Aries and zero degrees Libra, what, what we know as spring and fall, um, are you know, basically those four points is what sets up Western tropical astrology and gives the foundation to which uh, the zodiac that we use is calculated from. And so, uh, just a little tidbit about how, how that works and why these these points are so important. Um, so, because this is you know because it is important, you consider this you can consider this week as a bit of a turning of a page in a way. You know, much like as we know seasons are. You know, seasons usher in change, and we are basically. Entering a new season, we're entering summer renting a hot and dry time of year, which is, you know, more active and expressive. Um, so happy birthday to all the cancers out there, including myself. This is our time, time of year. Um, and so our spotlight, the sun will show us how we can uh, initiate the change needed to bring more nurturing and empathy in our lives now that we have that cancer, you know, nurturing, emotional quality coming in um, and how to bring in greater security because cancer is definitely a sign about self. Preservation and uh, gaining security, and especially within one's own foundation or framework or family, um, etc. So, don't be surprised if there are any nuggets of awareness that come in regarding these types of energy over the next 30 days. Like, this could be the transit where you're like, Oh my god, I'm gonna sign up on ancestry.com and go you know, into my whole family tree, uh, which is what I did last year during this time. So if you're like me, this could gonna be a fruitful time for that. So other than that lovely uh, summer solstice, which is big news going on, um, we also have Venus who is going to oppose Mars that day. Uh, And Venus is currently in Leo now and uh, will be opposing Mars who is getting really slow because it's about to go retrograde, which is a rather rare event uh, next week. And Mars is currently in Aquarius. Um, And so here we have the idea of Venus, which Venus is more of a receptive energy, that feminine energy you know, dealing with relating relationships, um, resources in a way, um, we'll be making an opposition, which is when we have an opposition, usually we're confronted with some type of decision or choice, uh, usually with someone outside of us (laughs) in a way. Um, and that is going to be, you know, so there's basically going to be a relationship decision or choice around Mars related things, you know, where we, our desires, uh, where we focus our action, our drive, um, all, you know, where we might have some anger. And so, because these are in fixed fire and fixed air signs, um, you know, I, f- I have kind of a feeling because Mars is slowing way down to retrograde right now, that this interaction with Venus um, can certainly be telling us some of the material that will come up. Uh, While Mars is retrograde, Uh, because Venus and Mars, you know, they they're a famous pair. Like, (laughs) uh, as we all know from books written about them, I even have some pajamas that have Venus and Mars symbols on them from the '50s, which is funny. So they've always been a pair. They've always been opposites. So to have Venus opposing Mars is actually a very kind of natural place in a way for it to be. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't stir up some type of um, confrontation. Uh, So with mars representing that masculine principle and venus you know the feminine one and why they're natural opposites uh So basically with Venus in Leo now, she is radiating warmth, love, uh, loyalty, um, looking for appreciation, uh, shining her light in a way. Um, And that's certainly a stark opposite to Mars and Aquarius energy, which is actually a bit more detached and freedom-oriented and individualistic. So if Venus does not get the appreciation she she, she seeks uh, from that aloof Mars that we kind of have right now, um, you know, if that aloof Mars isn't turning an eye, I think that, you know, sparks can fly now. So if they're, you know, chances are for a lot of people, relationship dynamics are going to come up, especially if these two are contacting your, your personal chart in any type of way. Um, so... Basically, if you feel unfulfilled in that department, chances are you're going to feel it with, with a day like today. And especially with the moon in Libra, because keep in mind, we have that moon in Libra, which is all, you know, we're feeling out those partnerships. We want balance. We want harmony. Um, and so it's quite possible that the things that are activated uh, the day prior, when the moon made the contact with these planets, um, because on Wednesday the the moon uh, actually talked to Venus and Mars in this position, um, that might have been when some of these uh, feelings have came up. Uh, but if you're not in a relationship, you're like, "Well, this doesn't speak to me." <laughs> um, you know, be aware that this can also be a time when you're kind of attracted to almost anyone um, that not almost anyone, but it can bring some attractions that, uh, might not be feasible, or maybe they are, but because we have Mars about to go retrograde, you might not want to go down that road. Uh, so just saying, (laughs) so however, the freedom of Mars and Aquarius, uh, kind of will do what it wishes. Uh, but just choose wisely because we are about to go into a serious, um, review of our desire energy starting next week. Well, it's been going on for a while, but it's really going to be put into motion um, once Mars retrogrades. Uh, So once again, that was a lot, and that is Thursday. Uh, And so the bottom line for Thursday is that summer is here with our summer solstice. Um, And once again, that's Northern Hemisphere. If you flip up the world, It's a different story. (laughs) Uh, So relationships um, and our, our creative projects are on the brain because Venus can also represent those creative things that we have going on. So choices or culminations may be made in these areas. Um, And because we have that square to Mercury from the moon, uh, chances are there's nervous energy that is going to be in the air with uh, kind of tense emotions filtering in and out. Um, So something you were maybe unaware of may come out into the open today, especially with that moon square to Pluto. So just FYI. Now on Friday, we have the moon stone Libra, but she will move to Scorpio and then trying the sun, oppose Uranus and then sextile Saturn. And so here we have another aspect. We basically have an aspect every single day of the week. So that will tell you that this is an active week where we're going to be going through the motions, feeling a lot of things out and uh, probably looking, life will look a bit different on the other side of it. Um, so for Friday, we have the Sun, who is going to be making a sextile, um, an opportunistic aspect to Uranus, and so the Sun is, you know, what gives us life, vitality, the self, um, a turning of a page in a sense. When when the Sun makes uh, contacts, especially to outer planets. Um, and because it's a sextile we have an opportunity to act in some way. Uh, a door may open or we can uh you know pursue something. And because it's Uranus uh and it's that you know the great awakener the planet that is of fast unexpected change um and turnarounds and awakening uh or liberation of some sort. Um chances are I I feel you know we are just getting settled from the sun in Cancer, you know just happened yesterday. So uh it, you know, it, takes a, and it takes a second for the energy to get settled and in, in the flow of things. So it's interesting to have kind of this shocking uh, but opportunistic contact with Uranus, uh, first. the first thing we do when we get into cancer. So chances are today we'll have some life to it, bringing emotional breakthrough that we're ready for you know, taking, especially since we've all had all those aspects that I just talked about earlier. Uh, so there's kind of an ability to download some new insightful ways to maybe bring more security or nurturing into your life or to help uproot any rigid structures or retentiveness that keep you from innovating and evolving in some way. Uh, so if you feel uncomfortable at first when the moon makes her opposition to Uranus, um, which she will be doing about midday, um, by nightfall, I think because, uh, we're kind of going to have that door open to that creative change and that emotional healing that comes through. Um, so, it, you know, bottom line is the day starts out more airy and light and then gets passionate once that moon is, moves into Scorpio. So you're kind of going to feel like a two-part day. Um, and chances are things might not go as planned today as there may be some disruptions with the opposition to Uranus Um but however, you want to look for opportunity in those events, because the sun, sun is also sextile in Uranus. So there's possibility for breakthrough if you kind of go with the flow. Um, and if any intense conversations arise, um, they can probably help you along in, in the liberation process, whatever is uh, kind of you know, freeing you, a monkey off your back in a sense. So I think it's going to be a very positive in that regard when it's all said and done. Uh, Now on to the weekend, we have Saturday, the moon is in Scorpio and we'll square Mars and Venus, conjunct Jupiter and trine Neptune. So the moon is going to be entering into our grand trine water zone. (laughs) Uh, The same day we have Mercury opposing Pluto. And so once again, uh, and this is the last transit for this particular week, uh, Mercury opposing Pluto, you know, we've talked about mercurial, you know, informative and processing functions, Uh, oppositions have you making a choice or a decision or looking at something with a bird's eye view. Uh, And that thing we're looking at is Pluto, Pluto and Capricorn, you know, transforming some energy, Uh, deep emotions, um, situations that cause great change. You know, when we jump down that rabbit hole that we can only uh, get out of by going through in a sense. Uh, And so because these are cardinal water and cardinal earth, I feel like with all the aspects that have happened this week, I feel like this is kind of a nice little icing on the cake in some ways. It's not an easy icing, but I think it'll be good in the long run. Um, Since we are both cardinal signs, there is an opportunity to initiate change in our lives through the choices we make. These choices are bound to be tied up in some deeply emotional material, as we're talking about Pluto. And by doing so, there will be a transformative quality that is brought about. So if you need to fix a problem with another person, Uh, now is the time to air out that grievance. Or watch out for control issues though, as you know, uh, the other person may be trying to manipulate the situation in some way, or you may try to do that yourself. So just be aware of that, especially with Mercury and Cancer, who once again is speaking from that angle of self-preservation and... Sometimes sometimes you'll take it too far, to, you know. Uh, preserve that what the self thinks it needs. So just be aware of those types of things, um, and try to remain as neutral as possible and see that bigger picture because essentially that's what the opposition can help us with is kind of meet in the middle. Uh, but we do have that Scorpio Moon, which is very passionate, so that is not always necessarily the case. Um, and it's quite possible that the mind will be a bit compulsive today on Saturday or around this time, the days before proceeding, uh, because Pluto has a compulsive quality to it. And so you could get hung up on an idea or something that you're like really passionate about right now. Um, And it certainly could involve work or feeling determined to get something done or to have a particular conversation, especially since we have uh, Pluto in Capricorn, earth sign, um, and that's contacted by Mercury. So... And another aspect could be, you know, you might be driven to do some type of deep research on a topic or, you know, find out an answer for something. So there's many ways to slice this transit, but ultimately there will be an element of intensity to whatever arises. Um, and so the bottom line for Saturday is emotional material comes up for discussion, uh, if it hasn't already and provides conditions for growth. So once something comes up, it's likely that there's no going back from it. Um, and since this day is also kind of letting go and showing compassion, uh, you know, kind of look to the healing in whatever situation you encounter, um, as this is likely to be a, you know, a bit of an emotional day. And so, last but not least, on Sunday, we have the moon in Scorpio still, and then we'll move into Sag uh, very late on the day. Um, and the moon is going to sextile Pluto, you know, work with that Pluto energy, and then trine Mercury. And we don't have an aspect that day, thank goodness. Um, so, today, the bottom line is that it's, it's, going to be a bit lighter on the aspects. So I feel like there will be some processing of the week that's gone on. Um, Expressing yourself through conversation is easier and emotional material can just flow now. So this is a great day for creative expression as well as dealing with any kind of Business communications or anything like that. Uh, so you'll feel the energy shift to a lighter, more optimistic tone by the end of the day once that moon moves into Sagittarius. So if Saturday was a bit rough, Sunday is kind of when we come in with the cleaning crew to help, you know, <laughs> uh, work through all that. Um, so just to wrap it up here, and that was a lot. This is a longer episode than, than normal because this is a, an active week. Um, and this week seems to have a spiritual quality to it as we navigate some potentially emotional waters, sharing our deep feelings with others uh, and ourselves. Um, so, there are also opportunities to liberate from whatever rigid conditions may have been holding us back in some way, allowing for renewal and a turn of the page. Um, and this is all leading us to next week when Mars goes retrograde and we apex towards a full moon in Capricorn. Um, so, you're going to have to tune into next week's podcast for more on that. So let's look at the cards as they seem to uh, add a whole nother kind of element to what I just summarized. And so this week I drew the eight of pentacles as the focus and justice as the grounding. And so with the eight of pentacles as the focus, there is a need to get down and focus on what work is needed to be done on a physical plane to achieve your dreams as we have that water grand trine going on um, that seems to be picking up on kind of an imaginative and spiritual potential that's in the air. Uh, So it seems right to mention that in order to manifest such intuitions or inclinations, you'll have to do the real work on planet Earth. (laughs) Uh, And so I love how on the deck I've been using as of late, which is the Tarot de Saint-Croix by Lisa uh, de Saint-Croix, that she painted an image of a beaver hard at work making his den and his dam. And these little creatures are always uh, at work, you know, creating a very fertile and productive habitat. Uh, So this card speaks to, you know, diligence and discipline as perseverance will pay off. Um, Especially since we have Mercury opposing uh, Pluto this week, perhaps we are deciding to manifest, deciding to do the work. So if you are patiently learning a new skill, you know, take your time and do the work necessary to become proficient. Uh, And if you're already a master in a chosen trade, uh, find new ways for you to add variety and excitement to your practice, especially if you feel you're getting a little bored with it all. So this card is always a great reminder to be sure that you are dedicated to the work you love because that is very important. And then, with Justice Card as the grounding, there's an element of being true to yourself this week that also needs to be addressed. Uh, and this card is also a reminder of Newton's third law of motion that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So, be aware of cause and effect this week. So, while being true to yourself, it is crucial to have fairness, harmony, and equality interjected into the equation. Uh, so this card can really stand on its own in, in some regards, yet if we pair it with that eight of pentacles, uh, making decisions and taking responsibility for you know, our choices, especially with the work that we dedicate ourselves to, is what in the end dictates our situation. So if you've done all the prep work necessary, uh, you can come out on top. And if you've not dedicated yourself and have just been skirting by with the least amount of effort, you may find that this will reflect itself in what you put out into the world. And if you have yet to dedicate yourself to the work you truly love, accept the truth that only you can make that happen. So, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the swan. <coughs> I believe this was the animal ambassador from my first episode aired back in April. And now she is back or he could be either one. Um, but the swan represents grace and beauty and the sacred animal and is the sacred animal to Venus. Um, and this lovely bird uh, was also pictured with a lyre, which is an ancient Greek instrument. So it, once again, it has that Venusian grace to it It is associated with music and that harmony, that grace. Um, and so I really like The Swan's Tale in in The Medicine Cards by Jamie Sams and David Carson. So I'm going to read a little short passage from that. And so just a quick precursor, you know, Swan, for this story, Swan flew into the dream time looking for the entry point into the future. Very Jupiter, very our water trying this week. Uh, and then she came across a swirling black hole in a dragonfly. Swirling black hole, Pluto. <laughs> uh, and so Swan asked what the hole was and the dragonfly said, Swan, this is the doorway to the other planes of imagination. I have, been guardi- I have been the guardian of the illusion for many, many moons. So if you want to enter there, you would have to ask for permission and earn the right. So the planes of imagination, we're very much speaking to Neptune here. And so Swan was not so sure if she wanted to enter the black hole, as did most people who encounter Pluto <laughs> don't want to go there. Uh, so she asked the dragonfly, "What was nec- you know necessary for her to earn the entry?" And the dragonfly replied, "You must be willing to accept whatever the future holds as it is presented, without trying to change Great Spirit's plan." How perfect is that? Once again, for Neptune and Pluto. So Swan looked at her ugly little duckling body and answered, I will be happy to abide by Great Spirit's plan. I won't fight the currents of the black hole. I will surrender to the flow of the spiral and trust what I am shown. And so a few days later she comes, you know, she's she went down that hole, she comes back out, she finds the dragonfly and says, Dragonfly, I learned to surrender my body to the power of Great Spirit and was taken to where the future lives. So, Neptune and Jupiter. (laughs) I saw many wonders high on Sacred Mountain, and because of my faith and my acceptance, I have been changed, Pluto. I have learned to accept a state of grace dragonfly was very happy for swan and so i thought this was a beautiful tale this week especially with mercury and our last week's uh you know new moon ruler which mercury was it's activating a grand water trine with future-oriented jupiter spiritual neptune and making that opposition to other world or rabbit hole pluto um and so how i just found this tale so so perfect now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how we'll interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot pres- uh, prescription, <laughs> subscription, give me a prescription too, on Patreon. Um, you know, whether you're uh, a novice or a seasoned expert, uh, the weekly spread can really help each week uh, where we kind of get a personalized overview uh, through the cards of how these astrological aspects and transits work for you. And so every Sunday, I release a short video outlining the custom spread um, while encouraging you to share the cards and any type of questions you have. I also uh, add a crystal that I highlight and an inspirational quote, and we combine the cards with astrology, and it's just a lot of fun and a good time. And I do them every week, and they've totally given me insight into my own personal life on many levels. Uh, So I highly recommend it. Um, and so last week, we worked on the new moon perspective with that new moon in Gemini. And this week, we have Mercury in the flow. So if you want to give it a try or find out more, you can find a sample spread uh, and the information needed at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, so now let's meet our guest. <laughs> All right. I'd like to welcome my guest this week. We have Aditi Giasota. Thank you for joining me, Aditi. Thank you so much for having me, Mel. I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited as well. So I met Aditi at UAC 2018 uh, with Jack. Actually, Jack, (laughs) last week episode, Jack Marsh introduced us to um, each other. And I didn't get to spend long with her, but um 10 minutes five ten, yeah minutes, 10 minutes about. sometimes 10 minutes is all you need especially with Scorpio <laughs> I'm like yes I like her um so I liked you too right oh, off the bat love it <laughs> there we go um so Aditi tell us a little bit uh about yourself um because I know you can more so than I can so let us know yeah yeah.
0: So um, I was born and raised in the Midwest about an hour and a half outside e- outside Chicago, east of Chicago. Um, so I was super excited and it was divine timing that I got to go to UAC um, this year. It was so close by. Um, and uh, I'm first generation Indian, born and raised in the US. So both my parents were born and raised in Mumbai. Um, so I grew up from the age of... Maybe two or three years old, starting to travel um back and forth to India to visit my grandparents and cousin and cousins and family and stuff like that um, and um, yeah I, uh sort of fast forwarding after college, I worked in finance for about a year i studied international business in london while i was doing that um i worked in worked and lived in sydney australia as well um i've lived in bali so i'm definitely a traveler and a wanderer for sure um so yeah it's just uh, kind of one, been one thing after the next and um any chance I got, whether it was through college or whether it was just me going out on my own and doing it, I would always make sure to try to travel as much as I could. I've been to something over 30 countries now. So it's, it's been amazing. It's just like, it's just time has gone by kind of fast and slow at the same time, I guess you could say. (laughs) But, um, I'm very into obviously travel. Um, holistic health, conscious living, um, beauty, and, um, have just started learning, um, you know, astrology in depth and natal chart reading and everything just a couple months ago. So again, with the di- divine timing of of UAC, it was very interesting that I just started learning and my teacher was like, you have to go to UAC. It's like right there. And I was like, okay, I'm there. So
1: yeah, what a good, uh, what a good opportunity. And it, it's proof that it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to be a, you know, decades old uh, astrologer to go to these conferences. Like they're meant for everyone. And there are classes and, and tracks for everybody from, whatever level you start at. So that, well, it speaks to your adventurous spirit that you're like, yes, I gotta be there. I gotta go check this out and see what it's all about.
0: Um, Yes, yes, definitely. And Jack and I had mentioned too, and I'm sure you would agree that just as important as it is to learn, you know, from the amazing teachers and astrologers from all over the world and, you know, the different talks that they were presenting and the materials they were presenting is also the connections that we made. I mean, look at you and me now, you know, like we never would have met, I never would have met Jack. You know, like so, um, you just never know who you're gonna meet and how we can all sort of like help each other and learn from one, you know, one another in this community. So I really love like making connections with people from
1: all over the place. You know, uh, so I, I was excited. I love it. And um, just FYI, if anybody hears a garbage truck going by, that is <laughs> that is the action outside my house. Um, so well, it makes so much sense that you have your wanderlust and your traveler spirit. And that sense of adventure, being born with a uh, a Sagittarius moon, mm-hmm. um, and in yeah. a, a new moon phase too, because you're a Scorpio, so uh, mm-hmm. you're always looking for the next adventure, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> in a great way, though. Um, I have a feeling by the time you reach the end of your life, you will have so many uh, stories and adventures <laughs> to share with everyone. So,
0: yeah, I already feel like I have tons. That I'm super grateful for. You know. Yeah like all the, all the traveling stories, all the amazing people I've gotten to meet and learn from in many different ways. So yeah. Love it. Yeah.
1: Great. Um, well this, uh, we are talking about And I mean, it's a loose topic, but I I titled it Becoming Holistic, Acknowledging All Aspects of Health, Uh, because this week we have a first quarter moon in Virgo, um, and first quarter uh, moons are all about taking action in our lives or feeling challenged or frustrated into motion in some way. And Virgo can uh, a lot of times bring up more health consciousness or purifying ourselves in some way. Um, And so I thought you were like the perfect person to come on and kind of talk about a holistic. Health practices um, and kind of your journey in into that zone. Um, So before we go there, I just kinda want to pick your brain real quick about how you got into astrology or what kind of called you to astrology? Was it health related? Was it just pure interest? Or, you know, what what initiated you into this world? Yeah, that's that's a good question.
0: Yeah. So I feel like I've kind of always been intrigued by it or interested, I think, you know, being heavy Scorpio, double Scorpio, um, to just like interested in anything more of like occult or more, you know, digging deep into figuring out how to know ourselves and um, with the different planets and, you know, just learning all of that. Um, also what I found You know, interesting, which happens a lot in Indian cultures. Both my parents had their charts um, done and read together and stuff like that before they got married. That would have been like Vedic astrology. I know, I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I just always found it super interesting. I've, I was always interested in it, you know, kind of, I guess you could say as an amateur just for fun. But I, I don't know. I think most people too, um, as we know, there's like a stigma around Ooh, astrology because uh, they're into like the astrology in the back of the magazines, which I call fast food astrology, <laughs> almost mm. like it's, you know, it's not the full story and it's not custom to the person and all that. But I always loved, you know, just reading about it. I would get books on it and try to dig deeper by myself and stuff. So I just find it super interesting because with astrology, it gets so nuanced and so detailed that you can just dig and dig and dig and dig. Dig, and then after that, you can dig
1: deeper, which I love. <laughs> Scorpio, so absolutely, yeah. Scorpio energy likes to go deep. You know how mm-hmm. how much can I investigate this? And even when you think you found it all, there's still a little nugget of you know something that's waiting mm-hmm. out there. And so it propels mm-hmm. that search. Uh, so I love it. And you're absolutely right about um, those types of things that you find in the back of the, the magazine. They're fun, they're entertaining, they get you to think for a second, but they are not representative of what astrology truly is. So that's great that you mm-hmm. recognize that and that you were able to be like, wait, I want to find out more about this. I want to see... Mm-hmm. How in-depth can this possibly go? And so my question for you, now that I think about it, you know, being, um, uh, having uh, parents that came from India, did you ever have a moment where you consciously chose tropical versus Vedic astrology as far as like where to pursue?
0: Um, Yeah, I just always, I guess, went towards, um, you know, Western, um, tropical. Um, I never really even considered going into Vedic. I haven't like I, to be honest i haven't really like read it you know or listened to tons about vedic i would like to obviously learn more because you know to a certain extent it obviously goes hand in hand with my culture to a certain extent you know the different stories about um you know, within that, I think would be really interesting. But I think for now too, um, my teacher, you know, she, before I went to UAC, she actually helped me figure out which um, talks and lectures to go to. And um, she said with Vedic that obviously it's my choice at the end of the day, what I wanted to do, but she just didn't want me to get confused, which I understand wow. that. Um, but at the same time, I think I am gonna, you know, like, te- you know, learn about it, um Watch stuff, listen to stuff on it, and I find it interesting, but yeah i just i guess there wasn't really like um a set choice point or anything. I just went with Western. Um, my teacher who's teaching me now, she was the first person I ever had my natal chart done with about three and a half years ago. Um, so yeah, so she, she learned that and she's teaching me that. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it was just natural to go, uh, you know, cause you are first generation. So obviously mm-hmm. you're brought up in, in, in the Western, um, yeah. mm-hmm. discipline, um, but, yeah, I was just kind of curious if you kind of made that conscious decision just because you have access kind of to to both experiences um, yeah mm-hmm. yeah, so and it is different for those who don't know the you know um, the difference between tropical astrology, western astrology and Vedic um, Indian astrology is that I mean there's lots of differences, but um, the main difference is worked uh, around the the zodiac that is used. we use the tropical zodiac based on the um, the equinoxes and the solstices. And then uh, Vedic uses the sidereal zodiac, which is more based on where the constellations are at this time, but not exactly either. Uh, So your chances are, if you're one sign in tropical, you might be a different sign, the uh, preceding sign in Vedic astrology. And so that's why there's some difference there, but there's tons of differences all over approaches. I find it fascinating and I look forward to, um, learning more myself about Vedic astrology as, yeah, as my so life goes on, you know, cause it's all relevant. Um, in in it's all relevant. So it just depends on what you study and you're into. So. Exactly. It was just like Jack said in, you know, the last episode that
0: it's almost like the different types of astrology too, or, um, the many different kinds and things, um, are like almost like different languages that there's yeah. not necessarily right or wrong. Um, which I thought that was a really great way of explaining it too. So absolutely. Yes,
1: perfectly. I know Jack just had an eloquence to some of the things he'd explain. I was like, "Go on. Do talk." <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, let's get into our uh let's talk about some holistic health and I want you to share your journey first um with how you were out traveling, um doing your thing. I believe you were in Bali for a good amount of time and then you you had some uh illnesses uh come upon you, right? Some kind of Yeah. You know, yeah. So tell us about that and how you kind of led into this more uh holistic health direction.
0: Yeah, and I'll back up a little bit uh more to back to two, uh 2012. So that's actually when I started um getting it more into holistic health and it kind of it kind of I my health kind of went backwards and now I'm coming back up again. So I'll explain that a little okay. bit. Um, but uh to take it even a little bit um, deeper too, um I'd say I've always been super cognizant about health you know, emotional health, mental health, overall health in general. Like, my dad passed away when I was eight years old. He had a heart attack. Um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer like two weeks before I graduated high school. And then I have one younger sister. It's just me and her, and she has Down syndrome. She's a couple of years younger than me, so I've always been cognizant of health and like so many different angles of it, of like special needs. You know, that's genetic and chromosomal what she was born with, and then you know the breast cancer and the heart disease and stuff like that. Um, So it was actually 2012, um, sort of spurred everything. Um, For me, I was actually finishing up a a work contract, a job in Sydney, Australia. And I went to India for a couple months to visit and hang out with family. And um, at that time, I had basically... um, was finishing up like my last birth control pack and I was like I don't want to keep taking this anymore I've been on it for like four or five years and I stopped taking it and basically when I was in India because they say when you stop taking birth control um it's kind of like when a woman gives birth you know like a lot of women don't talk about this but it's like your hair will fall out and just all sorts of craziness mm. um that people don't feel comfortable talking about it but we need to talk about things like this yeah um so yeah I mean it was just I just felt horrible, and before I came home, I was just like looking up and I was like, I need to like make a, like a big changes in my life and just like detox and cleanse my body so I found this woman in Chicago who's been definitely been one of my main like mentors. Um, her name's Callen, or Karen Calabrese, and um, I, I basically went vegan and I started really detoxing and cleansing out my body. I got rid of eczema that I had had for forever, I got rid of um, migraines, digestive issues I lost like 60 pounds, kept it off, like everything. Um, and then that went on for a few years and I was like traveling back to traveling and stuff like that. And then I was in Bali about, uh, three and a half or so years ago, three years ago. And I was there for almost a year. And, um, for my last few months there, I got a really, really bad, um, ear infection, which basically turned into like a Bacterial infection. At that point, I hadn't taken antibiotics in like 10, 12 years. Um, I, I don't believe in them because they kind of they they strip out like your good gut bacteria. So, like one month, or I mean, sorry, one week of taking um, antibiotics will e- equal you know you having to spend a year after that to rebuild all the good gut bacteria, which is your basically your entire immune system. Mm. Um, so at that time, it was like this weird. Like decision that I had to make because I wasn't getting better with the natural, nothing was helping me, um, and so I basically went on like almost three weeks of antibiotics, and I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and I had to come back. And during the time that I got sick, which I don't think is a coincidence at all, it was actually around my dad's um, twenty year death anniversary, and emotional, you know, just emotional stuff that we go through things in life, we go through traumas. Like I always say that, um, everyone is dealing with some form of PTSD. Everyone's Mm -hmm. gone through stuff in in their life. And I've always been a person who I've gone through stuff at a really young age. Like I said, my dad passed away when I was eight, you know, my younger sister has special needs and my mom, you know, breast cancer when I was in high school. So I've always like been really conscious of like what's going on in my emotions and like getting stuff out. But it's kind of like with the subconscious too, and like our emotions, we don't know what we don't know, what we're like pushing down sometimes. And like, um, even the word disease, if you break it up, it's dis-ease, its disease, dis-ease, disease, dis-ease in the body, you know, it's, yeah. um, so I do think that with every single physical ailment there is um there is some emotional component to it you know like there's a reason why there's all these terms like i you know i got choked up or um like you hear of all these people like who people say oh i think they died of like like a broken heart or like you know you go through, through a breakup you're like i feel sick to my stomach like there's we say those things and like we feel them but it's like We don't really make the full connections with like everything else that goes on in the body. Um, And I think a big part of that is that people would rather... And a lot of things are, you know, like genetic and lifestyle and everything, of course. But I think that if someone sees that, you know, something that they have done or they haven't really like audited or tried to work through emotions or mental, you know, thinking patterns they just feel like, well, if this was mostly me that caused it, I can't take that. I can't handle that being the truth because that means that I could have done something to stop it. So a lot mm-hmm. of people do default to, oh, well, my parents had that or my grandma had that. So it's whatever. It's just old age. But, you know, um, and even at the conference, it was interesting. I went to um, a pre-conference talk at UAC Um and it was Robert Hand and he's 75 and he was speaking for like almost five hours and he actually gave an example within astrology I forget what exactly he was referencing and he said he hates when people give an excuse of something being old age he's like that might be a chronological reason but it's actually not like a full explanation for anything it's interesting because I almost thought that being parallel with like health things because people like oh it's genetic or it's this or that's just what happens when you turn a certain age and people like to make excuses and I never wanted to be that person, and um, I think you know, with my dad, he had went through a lot of stuff in his life that he didn't um, he didn't get a chance to, or you know, he probably didn't fully want to go back into himself you know, to like deal with stuff that he went through. And I just feel like if he couldn't do that, then, you know, I can. And that, you know, that's what we, that's all whole point is like learning from what our parents went through and not necessarily saying like, I'm going to be better or do better because our parents or family or whoever have, you know, did the best that they could with what they had. But it's just like recognizing patterns with things yeah. and trying to like break the cycle. And there's the cycle. another... Yeah, and there's another quote too that I love is something along the lines of when you, when you heal yourself, you heal your entire like bloodline or your whole ancestry. And I'm like, whoa, that's powerful. Cause like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not continuing these cycles of holding things in or just. You know, like so, I think emotional health is definitely a big thing. I Kind of went off on a tangent, sorry, but no, well, yeah, not you know. at all. I like
1: everything you were saying was so uh, so on about that. And I'm I'm reading. You know, what's interesting, Aditi, is I'm reading the definition. You know, in the dictionary for for holistic under medicine. And it says, characterized by the treatment of the whole person, taking into account mental and social factors rather than just the physical symptoms of disease. And I Mm -hmm. find it very interesting that they left out the word emotional in that Mm -hmm. mental and social Mm -hmm. factors, um, where I feel like the mental and the social factors and then the physical symptoms, which is the last place for disease to manifest, you know, when it gets to the body, you've gone through everything else, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that they, you know, even in our own definition of it, there's not the word emotional. And I feel like yeah cuz you're looking at it's yeah. probably from a
0: place of like western western culture defining the word holistic which is really funny because obviously mostly over here it's like western medicine and I for the most part don't I you know 99.9% of the time I'm not going to western medicine I don't have western doctors that I see for anything um I think western medicine definitely has its place though I mean if you've got um, someone with an acute trauma or like broken bones or something. Yeah. But, um, I think that people are just like, there's no such thing as a magic pill. There just isn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, um, that's just my opinion, um, you know, of just, things that I've been through and like experience and with family and stuff like that is that you have to get to the root cause. Like if you're driving down the street and your brake light comes on, are you going to put a piece of electrical tape on it and just like ignore the light? Or are you going to go get your brakes checked? You know, like which one yeah. is it? So <laughs> it's, it's like at some point, if you keep trying to cover up and cover up and only mask the symptoms, you're not going to get to the root cause and you're not going to fully heal. And you know, the thing with holistic that another reason why I think people are innately so opposed to it is because they know it took, me X amount of decades to get this way and it didn't happen overnight. So it's not, I'm not going to heal overnight, but people don't have patience because they've been conditioned to Western medicine, take away the symptom, but it's it's artificial, but it's not really going away. Right. It takes a very, very long, it takes, you know, a very long time to heal, um, from like all the stuff that done, done to ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So, well, we know you, you got sick, but how, what, I mean, what happened to you? How, uh, how did you get through it? How are you so vibrant today? <laughs> oh gosh, it, yeah, it wasn't
0: always, it was not like this three years ago or even a year and a half ago. I didn't think I was gonna get better for sure, definitely, you know, feeling suicidal, feeling depressed. I felt that way on and off, you know, throughout my life with just, you know, like I said, the things that I've been through. Um, so I basically came back um, and I tried, you know, naturopaths. I tried holistic. I also did get a few like Western things done, like MRIs, and I got an EKG on my heart. Um, basically, anything you could think of that could go wrong with every major organ or system in your body is that's what was going on. So I had like full body rashes. I had vision problems. I had, um, heart palpitations, lung issues, cold hands and feet, um, could barely walk and walk up and down the stairs. Cause I had nerve damage in my legs. Like, like, it's just, you, you really do think to yourself, like, what is the point of living? You know? And I've got, um, I've got a friend that, um, has been dealing with, uh, chronic health stuff for almost 20 years. And, um, I used to talk to her about a lot of this actually met her when I was in Bali. And, um, she would say too, like, yeah, that's what a lot of people don't talk about is just be positive. It's Yeah yeah, for, for a lot of it, you can be, but it's also human to be like, I don't feel good. I feel, you know what I mean? Like, and to say, you need that too, because it's like in life, you don't know what the color white looks like unless you know what the color black is. You don't have any context for it. So you do, I do believe in, you know, you need to have some suffering in life to like build character and be grateful for, um, you know, the good things in your life, but there are limits to that. And obviously there were reasons why I was going through this. Everything happens for a reason, but yeah, I basically went through the process. No one was able to help me not even ho- like traditional quote unquote holistic doctors or naturopaths. Um, and then one of my friends, um, that, uh, on Instagram, she's actually a founder of this brand. It's called agent Natur, And she makes like, um, these safe, clean deodorants and she's just, um, recently launched like skincare and body care and stuff and she's originally from the east coast and she's family friends with my current doctor now who she told me about about 10 months ago and he does energy medicine it's really super like sophisticated if anyone out there knows it's like direct resonance um bio resonance and things like that um so i um she told me about him and i basically like booked an appointment and he's up in the philadelphia area so i was there after like a week and a half of talking to him on the phone And he was the only person that's been able to help me and he you know, he said he has a saying He says it's all too easy, you know And he's like one all you have to do is just figure out what's truly wrong and then and then get to the bottom of it so basically What he found with me was that when I got sick When you have a traumatic event, like when you get sick like that, I was abroad, I was in a developing country when I got that bacterial infection and the ear infection and stuff. Um, There are things that are laying latent in your body that you don't even know about, aka like vaccines. So there's, you know, this is a quote unquote controversial topic, but I I find the word (laughs) controversial funny too, because it's like, it's just something that's going against, you know, mainstream thought basically, but that's a rant for another day. But we um,
1: have a Scorpio Sag here. So yeah. I gonna push it.
0: Go yeah, on. exactly. So um so basically what he found in me was a bunch of, you know, old childhood vaccines that had basically been re released into my bloodstream. So there was like a pneumonia and strep vaccine, all of us as kids here. Um, would get would have gotten like the herpes vaccines and all that stuff and basically re-release and was just causing nonstop issues because I had like full rashes on my legs like I had insomnia because I would just scratch and scratch and scratch you know in my sleep um, I had like shooting nerve pain on the side of my head like through my eye I couldn't bend my neck like just anything you can think of just like pure you know misery basically now that I think about. 10 months ago when I drove all the way over there to see him, it was just like sheer will of like, this is the last thing that I'm going to do because I mean, it's like going into five figures in debt, you know, trying, trying to figure out what the hell is wrong. And like, at the end of the day, it's not about the money, you know, that's yeah, it's about how much I had to go through. <laughs> yeah. And it's not about the money. It's about getting better. You know what I mean? So there's nothing worse than like you feeling like you're, losing your life or like you're losing your energy but again then it it, you know it goes back to like this all had to happen for a reason you know so um there's like a divine reason behind everything but anyways yeah i went to go see him and he figured it out within 10 minutes and he's like you know uses all holistic um herbs and then when i say energy medicine he uses um he uses a machine called a cyberscan, which is essentially bioresonance. So the entire universe um, runs on frequencies. We ha- we know that we're an electrical body. Um, we run off of frequencies and electricity. So, you know, for example, I told you my dad passed away. He had a heart attack. Um, They use a defibrillator on him. We we most most of us would know what that is. So, putting a charge through the chest to try to like revive the person, right? So why would you do that? Because we're electrical beings. My dad was cremated, so if somebody's cremated and it's ashes, what are the ashes? The ashes are the concentrated minerals within the body. Um, The rest of us is over eighty percent water. So you know, water and, and blood, right? So clean water, clean blood, all that. So focusing on. He focuses a lot on protecting ourselves and negating, you know, EMF. Again, with the frequencies, just because we can't hear them to the naked ear doesn't mean that they're not there and pulsing radiation on us 24-7. So if you... You know, if you or anyone else listening, you could do like a pretty simple Google search. It's uh, kids cannot grow plants in Wi Fi. And it's like these kids in the UK who had two of the same exact plants that they were trying to grow. And they tried to grow one with the Wi Fi router on. And the, they tried to um, grow the other one with the Wi Fi router off. The plant that they tried to grow with the Wi Fi router on didn't even grow. <laughs> oh. So our cells literally cannot replicate. They can't. Um, they can't regenerate nothing. So once you eliminate that, the body, and then you add in the holistics and the herbals and everything all customized to the patient or the person, then your body can actually start to like heal itself, you know? Mm. So it's endlessly fascinating. So the machine he uses, it's called a cyber CyberScan. And basically what you do is if you're in person, you scan your hand on it. If you're not in person, because he treats people from all over the world, um, if you're not in person you send him hair samples and he tests it in a serum and it is thousands and thousands and thousands of e pages that come up on this machine that will show you every single thing that happened to your body in like a chronological like a, it's like a timeline basically of like what happened to you so if you sliced your finger cutting vegetables in 2014 it'll know it'll what? It, it's it's it'll yeah and it, it your body cycles through healing patterns um it has to cycle through like past healing patterns to get through what it's going through now. So for example, um, so basically when they scan you, um, like for my scans, I get a new scan every two weeks and then they send me this little card. It almost looks like a credit card and it looks like it has a magnetic strip on it. And that magnetic strip holds all of the frequencies, which are the opposite to whatever frequencies are in your body. Because as we know, if there's something wrong, you're trying to cure whatever's wrong. You get the opposite of whatever, thing is, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever's on this card um, has the frequencies on it um, to basically cancel out anything that's causing issue. Um, I wear this card on on like on my body or whatever and then at night I sleep with it under my first fitted sheet under the soles of my feet and it protects me um 8 to 10 like an 8 to 10 foot radius around me um to block out any emf and again it's custom to me and my own body's frequency um but I mean I'll give you an example so I just said that they scan me every 2 weeks and then my card gets updated because I'm healing right so mm-hmm. every um every 2 weeks I'm you know I'm healing and it could be it could be different for somebody if they've got like stage 4 cancer or something and they go to see him um, and um you know they might get scanned every week because they need to constantly get get that updated and have like the really current protection or whatever but um, I mean, they scanned me a couple months ago, and they said, "Hey, we pulled up something regarding like whiplash. Like, did you have whiplash in your past?" And I'm thinking, like, whiplash. And I'm 30, so I'm, I had whiplash when I was like 19. I was riding in one of my friend's cars, and he was, you know, he was going to turn left, and we got hit by a truck because the truck behind us didn't stop, and we like went flying. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we were okay. But I had really bad whiplash, and I was like, "Oh, I did have whiplash like 10 years ago," and so that day that the doctor called because they'll go over like certain things that they see. I had the same sensation I had when I was 19 years old when I had the whiplash in my neck for about two days and then it went away because my body cycled through it. So it's huh. like your DNA remembers, your cells remember, your chromosomes remember. They remember everything that's that's happened to you and it, it kind of like lives there. It's like a
1: story within your body, within your cells. And- oh my God. And how much does that say about what we store in there and the, how disease can manifest through these old, you know, obviously exactly. physical trauma (laughs) Traumas like that. um, But the emotional trauma that comes with, you know, going through it and yeah, all of it, Mm -hmm. all of it adds up and it doesn't go anywhere necessarily. It's like, and once again, like you're saying with um, electromagnetic frequencies and us being electric bodies, basically, Mm -hmm. whenever we have something happen to us um, or those emotions, those mental patterns, whatever, it's a vibration that has to go somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's like the whole nature. This is fascinating, Aditi. Just, I'm just glad. So you know, I'm not, I'm like, I know continue. I'm babbling. Right? I'm like, no, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. And you know what you just said, we're
0: energetic beings. It's like perfectly put, because like I said, if someone were to be cremated, like my dad was cremated and you see the ashes, that's pure minerals. But what makes us us, besides the fact that we're over 80% water, the, what connects us as higher beings to like... You know, believing in something bigger than ourselves, whatever that is, is that our ele- literal electricity, you know, we're being divine, those electric currents that are like running through us. It's so fascinating, you know? And that's another thing that, that just like astrology, you could just delve super deep and you just keep going. And, it's, it's just, it's so fascinating.
1: Yeah, it really is. So, so basically by doing, um, you know, by going to this man, what was the
0: doctor's name again? I'm not sure. Um, so his, I, yeah. And I'll give you all his info too. If anyone out there wants to check him out or needs help with anything. Um, yeah, his name is Dr. Jerry Smith, G E R R Y Jerry Smith. And he's up in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, which is about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes north of Philadelphia. And he's amazing. He's, he himself, he's 75, um, super vital. I mean, he's always going somewhere, you know, on the East coast, around the world, speaking at places, flying places. He does a weekly podcast. Um, he's, he's amazing. Wow. I've, I've met so many, um, patients, you know, in the office and seen and heard their stories. When I go, there was a woman there who, whose husband, you know, took her there and she had had like, a she had a tumor pretty much the size of a watermelon in her stomach. And they're using all these different protocols. They're using light, um, to shrink the tumor. Same with, there's another lady who had a tumor behind her eye. They shine the light in through the ear. It goes in through the canals. It's like, it's just, it's just endlessly fascinating. He's also a, you know, holistic biological dentist as well. Like he, I learned so much from him every single time. And, um, it's it, like him and the lovely girls that work in the office, Rebecca and Marissa too. Um, like, you know, and Rebecca, and they all tell me like, we learn stuff from you too. Every single time I'll tell them about stuff or just like safe laundry detergents or just like <laughs> whatever I'm talking about, you know? And, um, yeah, I just love his whole energy. Um, and then I had told my mom, um, because she's had arthritis in her left knee, um, for quite a few years. And I told her, you know, mom, once I, you know, like, I want to take you to see him. And she's like, you know, you've been suffering for years, like get your stuff, uh, you know, sort it out, and then I promise I'll go. So she kept her promise, and I took her about um, two months ago. I took her, um, my younger sister, just for a general check, and then we t- I took um, another family friend, and um, our family friend. He's about eighty three, and he's been through prostate cancer. He's got kidney issues, asthma, sleep apnea machine, cataract, like anything you can think of, and you know. Uh, him and my mom both in the first four weeks already lost 15 pounds, um, figured out, you know, my mom was born and raised in India. Like I said, my mom, our family friend, he was actually born and raised in Africa. They had different vaccines to what we have. There were MMR vaccines, which is one of the most dangerous, like it's one of the most just causes a lot of issues um lots of different vaccines that were laying latent in there in there and my younger sister has down so we just checked checked her because she's uh, she's an, a little aquarius she's super cute she's the 29th degree of aquarius so um, she also acts like a little pisces sometimes but she's i'm the loud sister and she's like the quiet chill one um but i think you know that's her personality but something my mom and I realized too is that she is quiet, but she's almost so quiet that people literally can't understand her. Like I actually know how to read lips because of her. Um, So we just wanted to figure out what was going on. And the doctor found out that from the vaccines that she had when she was little, you know, she has a concentration of a lot of heavy metals in the left side of her brain and the left side of the brain is the speech center. Hmm. So we're, we're breaking that down and working through it. And like, it's just normal that, you know, when you start getting into this with health, you, uh, you, um, you can almost can't help, but share with like loved ones or friends and family. And you're not doing it in a way to try to like impose yourself on it, but it's like, I love you. And I don't want you to be in pain or suffering. And again, people accept a lot of that stuff. Like my mom was telling me, well, my mom had arthritis. I was like, I know, but, and I told her like, if you knew the information that I knew then when you were growing up, wouldn't you try to help your mom? And she's like, yeah, good point. You know? So I'm like, okay, so let's, Let's do this. Let's figure it out because no one deserves to suffer like that or just be like, wake up and how much pain am I going to be in today? Am I going to be able to do this or that? Or can I walk up the stairs or, you know, whatever? I just i'm sure you feel the same way too like with our you know with our parents or family members you just want to help so i'm like super super grateful especially taking you know my mom's friend who's in his 80s who's he's been suffering a lot and i straight told him you know like no one sorry you know western doctors aren't going to be able to help you and he's like and he's a uh, aries so he's like okay cool let's go you know like to your doctor I'm like okay great you know like so Yeah, it's it's been great to be able to help them. And, you know, he can't drive all the way over there now. So we road trip. I'm going to take them every three months over there. And, you know, you go for an in-person checkup, like, every three months. And things are going super well. My sister is already talking a lot louder. You know, it's still her personality to be more soft-spoken and stuff. But she's projecting her voice a little bit more. And you can tell, like, she's able to talk louder. Because people with downs already, they have... You know, they have different vocal cords to us. So it takes a lot more effort for them to speak, you know, how we normally would. It might take them more effort, but still, it's great to figure out something and be able to like improve her quality of speaking and like her
1: quality of life. Hmm. I didn't, I had no idea. I mean, it makes sense uh, because obviously there's a different tone of voice um, Mm -hmm. that comes out of someone with Downs. Mm -hmm. But I mean, these things you just don't even think about and like how specific our bodies are and how Mm -hmm. having a service like that, um, how, like you were saying, like basically the scans that you were getting and all the information that was coming up was to your body in yeah, not the human yeah. body. It was a deity, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, that's there's something to be said about that because I think we try to. It. It's called general medicine, for God's sakes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Most of the medicine that we, you know, yeah. Um, so I think getting getting
0: specific, like you said, um, and I know we were chatting, you know, the other day a little bit about there's so many different ways to get information, and I think there are like a lot of core things that people are getting stressors like pollution, you know, too much tech, maybe being like overworked overworking themselves, different things that, you know, are different minerals that all of us are deficient in and things like that. But when you want to get super specific, um, looking at your DNA, um, you know, what's going on with that, like through scans like this, looking at your epigenetics. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with epigenetics, but that's sort of like the study of how, um, you know, your ancestors and the traumas or whatever they went through passes down literally in the DNA. Mm -hmm. I think it's up to seven or eight generations. So if you're like, great, 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 you know, so on and so forth, grandmother went through something, went through a, a trauma that is held inside the DNA, you know, DNA can, you know, the genes can switch on and off for certain things. Um, so that is like endlessly fascinating to, To listen to how that can be (laughs) held in. So, like the quote that I said before, if you heal yourself, you literally heal your entire bloodline. It's super hard work. I'm doing it right now. I'm still in the process. I'll be in process for a while, but it's, yeah, because, you know, it just gets passed down. Um, So, you look at that, you could look at um, your blood type. That's given me a lot of clarity. I've done, you know, I've had my ancestry and my health reports and my DNA tested um, when I started with the doctor for. Um, six months, the first six months is attacking and slowly going after you know the pathogens and the infections, the old vaccines, etc, and then onwards after that um, is or sorry the first three months, and then the next three months it was like a six month protocol, but I stay on everything for a year now because we don 't want anything coming back but after he he attacks the pathogens and the old vaccines and everything that 's in the bloodstream he works on fixing, literally fixing the DNA and the chromosomes, like Mm -hmm. the chromosomal damage. Because again, when you go through stuff like this, emotional trauma that turns into physical, it turns into illness and disease. um, There is, I guess you could call it a good word for it might be like there's a residue still left in the body. It doesn't just go away, then you're done. Um, I don't don't believe we're ever really done with anything in life in general, I guess
1: you could say. It's a lifelong uh, thing. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So it's
0: like we're in that phase of healing my my DNA and my chromosomes and all that. Well, it's in it's so it's so
1: fascinating Aditi, because Well, uh, last year, and I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast in my my report that I did, because we are now entering uh, the summer solstice. This is the week of the solstice Mm -hmm. and summer Mm -hmm. is here and we're in cancer. We're about to be in cancer season and cancer has to do with things like our ancestry and going down those familial lines. Mm -hmm. And I made a quick mention about how last year at this time, I decided to uh, really dive into my ancestry on ancestry.com. Oh, so cool. And yeah, and I was fascinated because I really, I mean, I come from uh, a family where I didn't know half of my family for most of my life, first and foremost. Uh, And then the family I did know was only a handful of people, very small, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, People in my family upbringing, and so I'm going back. I was able to trace my dad's side back to like 1750 here, and my mom's side back into maybe like the mid 1800s. But I started looking at these people's lives because you can look through the general the census uh, information. And what really struck me, especially with my, my grand, great-great-grandmothers, you know, how many generations deep, as you're saying, if it can go up to seven generations deep, like I looked at, well, like one of my grand, great, I'm going to say two greats, there might be one more great <laughs> on top of that, but uh, she, this woman had over like a 25 to 30 year span, I'm going to go 25 years, 25 year span, she had something like 22 children, Oh my gosh. And only like eight or nine of them lived, first off. Wow. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about this woman's life and what it must have, you know, took to... just to experience that, to be this baby making yeah. machine. And I'm like, no wonder I'm like as far away from babies. There's nothing wrong with me Oh, so am I. When I, so heard <laughs> that,
0: when I heard when I heard you talking about that in the po- the episode with Jack, I was like, yep, me too. <laughs> I got nothing but, in my fifth house Yeah, node in, in Aries. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah there we go. Fun, fun, fun.
1: <laughs> um, but, it, it, but it really speaks to me, that type of thing where if these, these women, and she wasn't the only one, I had another grandmother who, uh, I think it was like 18 children with, uh, you know, know, like 12 of them surviving and just thinking about the the stress on the body and, uh, you know, being in that role to raise these kids to, uh, you just everything that goes into that. And so if we're thinking about it, um, and all those, those stresses come down in our DNA and, you know, and and life was back then. (laughs) Yeah. And and we think about
0: what the trauma would be like and the sadness and the loss and the grief yeah. of even losing one child, let alone so many, even yeah. though people might think of it, oh, well, there were so many live, but it was still, it was eight or nine that died. That's a lot. That's like, it takes, first of all, for a woman's body to take all of that and yes. create a child, then that happens. And then dealing with the emotional and then being stressed, you're raising so many kids. I mean, it was a different time; they didn't have, yeah. you know, all these
1: things. But they had di- they had different stresses, and that gets that comes down. So. <laughs> well, and they're all you'll find this interesting, especially since you're in Indiana. Like half of my family's from Indiana, and the <laughs> other half God, is from always. Wisconsin. So all this happened uh, in those areas in that Midwest area. Oh wow! Um, you know, these are farm people too. You back then, you would have children to um, you know help your 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 business, your practice, like help, you know, that's, that was kind of part of the whole thing, but I mean, that's a Mm -hmm. whole nother thing. All together. But I found it fascinating as you were talking about generational influence and the DNA. And I'm thinking about these women. I'm like, good Lord. Uh, You know, if that's coming, you know, passing down in some way, uh, these are Mm -hmm. interesting things to consider and why maybe going back in your ancestry uh, can be very enlightening for more than the reasons we think right
0: away. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, this might be a perfect time for you to combine, you know, what you learned from ancestry, which is super fascinating, What, what you were able to like figure out and like read more through and then like, you know, cross. Uh, cross, yeah. reasons, epigenetics. You'll be, you'll
1: be digging deep with your Scorpio rising. Ah. I think you'll really like it. So, I love it. Well, you know what I want to hear about uh, real quick from you too was the the blood type diet you were talking about, or like fasting and how fasting um, can work for certain blood types versus others. Or I just remember you mentioned yeah. something about that.
0: Yeah. So I'm um uh, one of the uh more rare blood types. I'm AB, AB positive and um Matt, we were chatting about this, you know, just the other day when I was talking about the different ways of like gaining information about your health, but there's this book um it's called Eat Right for Your Type but the four is spelled like the number 4 and it's um this doctor named Dr. Adamo who him and his father, both doctors, healed many many people of many different diseases and things using the blood type diet. Um so you can basically get your blood type if you've had kids, you'll likely know your blood type because they need to know for that. Or you can Mm -hmm. try to... I figured out a loophole in my scorpionic ways to like go (laughs) to the blood place and be like, so, you know, and I got my blood type. But um, yeah, I mean, there are certain... When people say... or It even goes as as deep as like... um, you know, certain exercises for certain people, like people, there's some people who hate running and they're like, I just, I can't, you know, they try to force themselves. They can't. And some people, you know, they don't like hot yoga. They don't like that. There's certain even types of exercises, um, certain ways you should eat. Like some people say, well, I do five or six small meals every day. I do them like every two hours and that's fine for them. Whereas another person, if, if they ate like that, it would, it would spike their blood sugar instead of balance it, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Um, so even the you know, not even what we eat, of course, it goes down to like what we eat, um, but how we eat, um, how we exercise, um... You know whether meditation is going to be something that's more beneficial for you, or you know things like that. But um, yeah, I find that endlessly fascinating. And then the fasting that you mentioned. So I guess I kind of always did intermittent fasting growing up. I just didn't realize I was doing it. So I'll have some days where I won't eat until four, and then basically the idea with intermittent fasting is you just have like maybe a four to six hour. There's different types of intermittent fasting, but you'd have like a four to six hour eating window, so you're not eating all day. Um, so you know we call it. Break fast breakfast, um, when you're sleeping at night. But, um, basically it would just be fasting a lot longer and then eating during, not binging, but just eating during a shorter window. And that is super beneficial for my blood type. And I've always found for me, it's been super easy and effortless for me. Um, whereas it might not be that way for others, you know?
1: So it's, it's, again, it's super... To well, get specific to you and what works for you, or, yes. And for and these type of methods, might not work for everyone, and it's good to take in that into account when you're like, you know, you get those suggestions, and maybe it's not going to work for you, or maybe it'll work mm-hmm. stellarly for you. You know, yeah. it, it really all depends. And so, um, just bringing that awareness, Aditi, seems like the key. You know, just to understand that all these methods are not for everyone and it's same with astrology because you know there's something called medical astrology uh Mm -hmm. that's been around for millennia um and it really speaks to the different types of people that are out there and even like old temperaments such as you know choleric phlegmatic um sanguine and um uh, a missing one. It's <laughs> <laughs> my tongue. Um, melancholic, and mm-hmm. so these same principles were used back in the day to kind of approach certain uh, remedies and um, ways of com- combating disease, or to assess when uh, something goes wrong with the health. And like we were saying earlier, you know, if something goes wrong, you're probably going to look for the the thing that can help counteract it. That antipathy is what is called, um, mm-hmm. at least in medical astrology, and so. Mm-hmm yeah, we're not all the same. We're not supposed to be all the same. We can't yeah. be all the same, <laughs> you, exactly. you know, On from health to, you know, how we represent ourselves in, in society. Like it's just, we, we're unique individuals. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Now, I know we are kind of running out of time here, but do you have any like, you know, quick, maybe like three basic tips to kind of embrace, you know, health more holistically or easy things that we can do that don't you know in in everyday life to kind of help improve the quality of you know things
0: mm. tall order <laughs> yeah so i'd say something for i'll i'll try to touch on different aspects of like physical mental emotional type stuff but i'd say this one is probably like a, a all arounder i guess you could say but like journaling of of some kind um whether that's a gratitude journal or literally just um just, uh, sitting down and writing and not even judging yourself over what you're going to write first thing when you wake up, um, just write, you know, whatever's in your heart or in your mind and just write it down. Another, um, you know, a way to like supercharge that, I guess you could say is if most people I think are right-handed. Um, but if you're able to do some left-hand journaling, that's a really good way to access, um, the left brain. Um, you get more deeper into the subconscious that way, and it sort of comes down through like the nerve endings of like the left arm, and again with the electricity. It's just your left arm connects to the left brain, right arm connects to the right brain, et cetera. So if you're able to even re- do left hand journaling, it it'll it might look messy, but you'd be surprised what um, thoughts and things might be able to come out through your body with that. Mm. Um, I'd say, um, like we were talking about before, you know, the body is over eighty percent water, so a lot of people focus on um, healthy food, um, but they don't really focus on the water. Um, as you know, like fluoride is just skimming the surface really of like what's in the water. Um, there's, you think of all these people doing chemo, they're going to the bathroom in the water, people putting Drano in the water, if you just look up any documentary of um, water treatment plants, there was one of like the guy that runs the main one in Chicago, and they're like, we can't like clean out the stuff that's in this water. You know, they do the best they can, but it kind of goes back to like if you're not taking medications or things like that, but other people are, where is it going? It's going in the bathroom. There's fr- or in the in the water supply when people go to the bathroom. Um, you know, there's a lot of infertility going on. A lot of women are on birth control, go to the bathroom, it gets in the water, men drink the water yeah, I'm sure people can put that one together. <laughs> focusing on, focusing on water. I have a reverse osmosis system that I love. It takes out, um, you know, takes out acids. It takes out there's trace, you know, trace arsenic in our water. I know in India they have uranium in their water. Um, and then a good shower filter going hand in hand with the water thing, because we absorb about one gallon of water every time we shower. Mm. Um, and so I would say, you know, look into that. I'll give you some links to put up um, or to share with people if you want to for yes, them to be redirected. Um, but yeah, just like um, there, there's another really good book. Again, I'll give you all the links, but it's called Metaphysical Anatomy. That's a really fascinating book that I just treasure. Um, it's this woman, Avat um, Rose. She's uh, based in Australia, and she wrote basically like this huge book um, detailing every single physical ailment you have and what the emotional or mental component of that is. And they've actually begun to teach this to all doctors um, in Australia, um, even Western, and they're looking at integrating it here as well. Um, So they have that knowledge, which is really amazing to hear. Um, but yeah, just like trying to, you know, even sitting for five minutes and just meditating. And it's funny on this side of the world, people are, people almost look at meditation as like a, not a competition, but just like, oh, I didn't do it right. Or I'm not good at it, which is funny because literally all meditation technically is, is literally just observing your thoughts and kind of self being self-aware. So no way to be bad at it. I think just silencing the mind. We don't even realize how kind of like fast we're going some days and we don't even take a second to be like, oh, I was taking shallow breaths all day or I didn't take like a deep breath all day or, you know, just things like that. And it it's like a muscle that you exercise that gets stronger the more that you do it. So there's no right or wrong. It's just as long as you're getting self-aware about it, that's all we can do. Everyone's in their own process. There's no right or wrong. And there's many ways to the top of the mountain, as I yeah. like to say. So
1: uh, That's such a good point. Oh, well, on my second episode, I had uh, my good friend Flavia Chompy on and we talked about mindful meditation. And that was exactly... Well, we were talking about how it doesn't have to be this specific thing and you're not doing it right. Like even just closing your your eyes and clearing your mind for a second and just Mm -hmm. the intention of it all is all you need. There's no right, wrong way to do do it. Five minutes, an hour. It just, you know, depends. Um, So great points. Well... Aditi, you have shared a wealth of information. I, know. I'm sure you <laughs> I hope I didn't overwhelm you. In-
0: <laughs> it's well, you didn't
1: overwhelm me because I got that Scorpio energy and hopefully <laughs> yes, you that's getting something out of it um, as well. And I'm sure you only uh, touched the tip of what it is that you have encountered and what it is that you've learned in this process. So yeah, uh, <laughs> kudos to you for sharing with other people. Um, yeah, so thank you can- for... Thank
0: you for having me on to share. I'm super grateful that I could be on. Absolutely, I'm glad you could too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, where where can people find you? Tell us about your project. What you know? Yeah. So. Um, my website. I'm actually getting ready to relaunch it soon. It's called the Yatra Project. Um, I'll, I'll uh, so it's T H E Y A T R A project.com. and I'll give Mel all the you know links to everything. So I started that um, years ago, and I'm getting ready to uh, relaunch. But it's basically Yatra in Sanskrit means a journey or a pilgrimage, which I feel like that's all of our lives. Like a it's just a continuous journey. Um, my so what I write about basically focuses on travel, health, uh, conscious living and beauty and skincare and stuff like that, sort of like all intertwined and merging with each other. Um, Mm -hmm. my Instagram handle is the same exact thing. T H E Y A T R A. Um, and then project P R O J E C T same on Twitter, same on Facebook. Um, I'm going to be starting a podcast soon myself, which I'm really excited about. And by the way, you need to be a guest on on that as well when I start we'll Talk um, to Stars. <laughs> yeah, that. And in the future I'll start an astrology one for sure when I'm done with, you know, all my studies and everything. But um but yeah, so I'm just going to be writing on there and um it's just super fun to share with people on all those aspects, particularly women because I feel, you know, with um health um and travel and beauty and stuff we want to look good from the inside out and you don't want to feel sluggish and not feel good when you're traveling whether you're traveling or you're not traveling or if you're just an on-the-go person i think it's it's great and i learned from so many other people and you know like the communities online and made so many friends and
1: yeah so yeah. I'm just it's pretty much what I write about so <laughs> well I love it we didn't even get to talk uh, with all the things that we've talked about with Aditi, Uh, one of the things that you are most involved with and have been working on for many years is social media um, yes yeah, so, yeah, so marketing yeah. yeah so you can imagine what she's putting out there has a lot of facets and fun stuff to it so definitely Thank check you. her out um, all right so where can people find me well you can find me at energeticprinciples.com and on instagram Instagram. Instagram and Facebook at energetic principles. Um, and like I said earlier, if you're interested in finding me and uh, supporting on Patreon or, uh, signing up for my tarot subscription or those moon horoscopes, all those things you can do so on Patreon at patreoncom backslash energetic principles. And last, but certainly not least, if you like what you hear today or want to share all the wonderful tips that Aditi has shared, uh, you know, spread the word, tell a friend, get it out there. Um, and if you feel so inclined to give me a nice review on iTunes, That would be greatly appreciated as well. Um, So, all right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you have a fabulous week. And as always, may the stars be with you.